This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Seven heaven and an opportunity in the Carabao Cup quarterfinal. Liverpool's young talent in rude health right now. I'm Guy Clark and this is the Academy Show here on Blood Red and sat alongside me to talk all things under 23s, under 18s and even that Carabao Cup quarterfinal with Aston Villa is Matt Addison. Matt, thanks for joining me. How are you? Yeah, really good, mate. Good to be in. And looking at the academy, sort of broad stroke, before we get into things, mentioned seven heaven there. That obviously the seven nil win over Napoli this midweek. But before we get onto that, and just sort of the the broad consensus of things, everything seems to be going very well down at the academy right now. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's every reason to be positive at the moment. Obviously, seven nil wins are, are no bad thing at all. And when you see all of the goals that are flying in, the, the way that the the teams are progressing, I mean, there was two or three concerns earlier in the season in terms of the under twenty threes weren't getting the results, they weren't turning draws into wins, that kind of thing. But certainly for both Neil Critchley and for Barry Lutus now, it it just seems to be clicking into gear and with so many matches to come over the next few weeks and, and into the second half of the season that can only be a good thing can't it yeah just looking at the under 23s and it doesn't seem as though they've suffered a, a defeat whether it be Premier League 2 or in the uh, the Premier League Youth Cup well for a good two or three months now it does seem as though as you say that those early season I suppose worries but they are young players you need to develop and of course the 23s the 18s each year there is a number of changes in personnel with age groups but we'll crack on with the news this week or the result this week that has caught everybody sort of by storm and with Liverpool's academy doing so well wins against a side like Napoli perhaps wouldn't always register but a 7-0 win I think a lot of people sat up and took notice of that one yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if you win 7-0, of course, people are going to to take notice. And Curtis Jones scored a hat-trick, two for Louis Longstaff as well. And just to get a variety of scorers on the pitch to, to win so convincingly. And of course, to keep that clean sheet, as I mentioned before, you know, that's not always been the case this season. So to keep taking over, to keep scoring goals and to sort of press home that advantage against a team like Napoli. Napoli didn't give in. This was a case of Liverpool going well. We're 4-0 up after 25 minutes, we're 5-0 up by half-time, but why not keep going and, and keep scoring goals and keep playing well? And There were so many good performances on, on that afternoon. I mean, just Harvey Elliott, only one assist, doesn't really do him justice. You know, he was absolutely brilliant on the day. And as I said, Curtis Jones scored a hat-trick. Loads and loads of positives. And a player like Harvey Elliott, obviously having played first-team football last season for Fulham in, in the League Cup and... I suppose, had he not moved to Liverpool, would have been knocking on the door to play in the Championship. Rather than come into a giant club like Liverpool and get swallowed into the academy and never see the light today, we've obviously seen him in the Carabao Cup, more on that to come. But in the under-23s, he still seems to be obviously one of the star players, but I suppose in many ways as well, bringing the group up with him. Yeah, I mean, you've also got to bear in mind that he's only 16 and he's playing in the under-23s. He's probably maybe not the best player, but certainly one of the best players. There's certainly a good group of them at the minute. But yeah, for for him to have come in, again, it's natural for him to take a a few weeks to settle, but he seems to have done that well. Obviously, training at Melwood isn't easy if you're going to then go back and and go back to the academy for for matches. But as far as I'm aware, he's getting on with his teammates. Neil Critchley's really happy with him and he just seems to be sort of comfortable in a Liverpool shirt. And I mean, for... For somebody of his age to come in, take on that responsibility, not immediately, but pretty much straight away, it's absolutely brilliant to see. 
I remember speaking to Barry Lucas in the summer about the, the different roles and how it works with the academy. And interesting point you, you say there about Harvey Elliott, obviously, and like Sir Curtis Jones, going up and training at Melwood. Obviously, and, until the summer, there are two separate camps. And for the under-23s, for Neil Critchley, it must be a real difficult balancing act between knowing what players he's got to work with daily on the training ground but who are also obviously supplementing the first team. And when they come back, they'll come back with an added boost in their step because of how an added spring in their step, I should say, given that they've been with the first team. But then the fact that they have been able to mould this together and actually go on quite a nice run when they're probably not all training together through the week. Yeah, I, th- I think it sometimes gets forgotten how much of a difficult job that, that Neil's got over at the academy because, as you say, there's some days where... You know, a last-minute injury to a first-team player might mean that suddenly the under-23s, maybe their star striker or a, a certain important player that was going to play for them on that particular day suddenly can cannot do that anymore. And for him to have to adapt with maybe only two or three hours before a match or in training, if somebody gets a knock in the first team, you know, one of them might be taken up there. And it's it's always adapting and always changing. And I think, you know, managing sort of players of that quality and, and that age is hard enough as a job on its own. But when you've got that added complication, it just makes things even more difficult. And obviously with Liverpool merging their academy and, and first team next summer, that will become a little bit easier. But even then, you know, it's it's not an easy task and it's something that I think Liverpool are, are aware that when results are not quite as consistent as, as what they should be or they're not quite getting over the line in certain matches. There are sort of mitigating factors behind that. Certainly are. And we spoke about Harvey Elliott, but a bit more on Curtis Jones, the hat-trick for him. Reds fans who obviously watch the first team and perhaps aren't as invested in the academy have seen Curtis Jones a couple of times this season. Obviously in the Carabao Cup, he was on the bench for the home Champions League game uh, with Genk as well. He does really seem to be a guy now who's beginning to get to the the top of that academy system and perhaps knocking on the door of graduation from it on a permanent basis, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. I mean, certainly over the last sort of 12 to 18 months, we've seen a big progression with Curtis Jones. Week in, week out, he's a player who takes responsibility now and is the captain of the under-23s at the age of 18, which is a real impressive achievement to be, to be, you know, to be completely fair to him. I mean... He, he's sort of one that I think people forget how young he is. Yeah. I think he seems to have been around for, for a few years now, but he hasn't, you know, he's still only 18. I think he turns 19 in January. Um, and yeah, it, I've written something actually that will probably go on liverpool.com today um, regarding him and, and sort of how with each step and each month, he, t- he seems to be taking on a new challenge this season. It was all about responsibility. It was all about can he get goals and assists and he seems to be doing that with regularity. Um, I said to you yesterday, in fact, that he almost reminds me of, of Harry Wilson in many ways where there was a little bit of inconsistency as he was coming through to begin with. Then he finds that consistency and you think, can he replicate this at first team level? And quite possibly January, maybe maybe Curtis goes out on loan, maybe to a championship club. And if he can continue to follow the same path as, as Harry has, then if he can replicate that, there's certainly a chance for him long-term. And he's obviously not, as at the age of 18, physically matured either. And you look at him with comparison to perhaps Harry Wilson, he's got a bigger frame and 
one of the things that struck me is he's very much one of these technical players that the English academies really are producing now where I suppose there will become a time where his position will entirely get nailed down because we saw him against MK Dons playing wide on the left. When he played in the Arsenal game, he came on and was moved into the midfield eventually and played fantastically well right in the middle of the park. He is a guy who has that versatility. I suppose it will eventually come down to nailing what his best position is. But at the moment, he's showing the skill set to to be a player who can fit in where needed, which I suppose if Jurgen Klopp is perhaps going to, if, if Rian Brewster goes out on loan in January, if Curtis Jones weren't to, might be an, a door that opens there for him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, versatility is something that Liverpool's academy is always trying to produce. You know, you, you look at so many different examples of players like Curtis where they play in more than one position. I think for me, long term, he's, he's probably a midfielder um, just because when you think of, of Liverpool's wingers, he's not really a Sadio Mane type of yeah. left winger. He's more of a, a sort of almost like when Adam Lallana goes up there, he, he sort of he's still comfortable there, but he's probably better from from a central position. And if he can continue to, to score goals, I think he's got 12 already this season in, in 16 academy games. If he can score those sorts of numbers from midfield, that's obviously something that, that Liverpool's midfield at the moment at first team level doesn't really have. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is, is the obvious one, but but other than that, it's kind of almost a, a little bit of a niche that he's found himself there where if he can come in and score goals, not necessarily as many as he has done at academy level, because obviously it's a lot more difficult to yeah. score goals for the first team, but if he can come in and, and add that, even if it's off the bench for the first few games... He's certainly got a real chance. And just saying there, just quickly off topic on that, obviously the, the news that sort of coming out this week uh, on the Echo Sports Desk, talking about the likes of Cuevan Kelleher and Rian Brewster, the club perhaps willing to let them go out on loan if possibilities were to arise. And I suppose for those two, certainly Rian Brewster, you mentioned Harry Wilson's name, who was around for ages, Curtis Jones. Rian Brewster obviously had that injury. He's in a bit of a weird position at the moment where he's actively training with the first team every day, but still flitting in with the under-23s from time to time, yet not fully having departed that academy setup. You do feel now, this January probably is a key stage for him to to go out and play first-team football, be it Championship or Premier League, whatever opportunity suits. Yeah, I mean, there's a number of clubs who are, are interested. I've seen Crystal Palace link quite a lot, and I think that's that's probably a, a decent place for him to go and, and get some game time. I, I always think when you get to, to 19, as he is, I think you kind of, you need to be, if you want to be a Premier League player long-term, you need to be playing in the Premier League at that time. Obviously, Crystal Palace are not Liverpool's level, but I think they haven't got real real top quality strikers there. They they need goals. They need somebody who can come in and, and do a short-term job. And I think Rian could definitely go in and do that. And we've seen with, with players, you know, over the, the last few weeks, months, couple of years, obviously Harry Wilson, we've mentioned, Mason Mount's gone out on loan and, and come back and now he's playing regularly for Chelsea. And I just think, you know, Tammy Abraham as well. I was going to uh, say, a, a similar, yeah. I was going to say, Abraham seems to strike me as a, an example. Obviously, went to Bristol City, went to Swansea, and, and last year at Aston Villa was remarkably good. I suppose there's another young player, a, a young English forward, that perhaps Rian Brewster, as their careers go on, may be a kind of guy who is in competition with if he if they are to break onto the the national stage. That is, and that would be a player like Eddie Nketiah who's at Leeds. But it does seem as though Brewster, it's just about the football now. Yeah, he's absolutely ready now. I mean, he's obviously had a long term injury not that long ago that he's come back from, and 
I think if he hadn't have had that, he would have already gone out on loan and he would have had that championship experience already. But for me, I think from what we've seen at, at first team level at Liverpool, from what we've seen at, at the academy, he's he's certainly ready. I think he's got the, the physicality as well to, to go into a Premier League side and make a difference. And even if it is just a, a quick six month at, at Crystal Palace, you know, it, there's more than enough evidence to suggest that if he gets one or two goals there, that can boost his confidence and looking ahead to next season, maybe he'll be given a little bit more of a chance. And I suppose on to the coach, the man we spoke about before, Neil Critchley. It is that that spinning plates thing that he's got. He's got a player like Curtis Jones who, when he speaks to the likes of yourself and Ian Doyle after games, he probably doesn't want to big up all too much but wants to give him praise because it's about keeping their feet on the ground and constantly about trying to make sure the players are at the right stages of their development. But himself, with this... Carabao Cup quarter-final coming up might get a big opportunity himself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's obviously, uh, it's looking likely that Neil will take over um, for the uh, the Aston Villa game. And it's a big opportunity for him. I mean, we, we always talk about the under-23s players having big opportunities, but I'm sure he's looking forward to this one as much as anybody else is. And for somebody who's who's been at the academy a little while now, he worked with the under-18s to begin with, moved on to the under-23s um, a couple of seasons back. And, you know... It, if the team that, that plays is, is what we expect it to be, a very youthful team, a, a very much an under-23 team down at Villa Park, I think it makes perfect sense that if you've got an under-23s team, you might as well have the under-23s manager as well. Because the thinking at Liverpool as well seems to be very much, obviously, so much success at the top level with the first team that if that can filter down and, and those ideas can be absorbed, as you say, for the young players, it makes sense to have the same guy who's been giving them the same message week in, week out there when they get such a, a big opportunity collectively. If you've got a couple of them dripping into the first team, of course, that's Jurgen Klopp's domain. But if it largely is going to be an under-23 side, which we expect, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's obviously a, a big moment for all of those players who who get the opportunity at Villa Park and anything that Liverpool can do to make them feel a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more capable of, of playing their normal game as much as possible. I think that that can only be a good thing. And I think it, it's going to be really interesting to, to see what team is put out and obviously a new one for, for everyone, really, for, for fans and for us covering it with two matches in two days. It's a bit of a bizarre situation, but it certainly presents an opportunity. But also, and I suppose obviously on the Academy show, focusing on the Academy, a really exciting opportunity because I know obviously looking at the first team having two games in two days, people go, oh, well, it will be the kids and will almost half disregard the the Carabao Cup quarterfinal, which to me, it being a League Cup quarterfinal, no one will want to demean it, but the logistical nightmare of being at Villa Park and Qatar in two days means that the youngsters will have to play this game. But what a great chance for them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, most uh, most of the time we're, we're sat here saying, oh, there's, there's not an opportunity for, for whoever. This is a chance where all of these players can come into the team, play alongside players who they're used to playing alongside rather than being thrust in with players that they don't have any particular chemistry with. And I just think, take it as a as almost a free hit. You know, if Liverpool do go out of the cup, then... What a great opportunity it's been. Well done on the players for getting that far. But if they go through, then you know a few of those players at least will will get those semi-finals. And who knows? Maybe they can get through and, and get to a final. So it can only be a good thing. 
The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. When you look at the academy and this crop of under-23s does seem to have an unbelievable amount of talent with it. And obviously the the, uh, under-18s winning the FA Youth Cup last season, it looks as though it is all in a really good position, but you rarely see a group promoted almost to the first team level together. Obviously, everybody thought the class of 92 was a one-off. It wasn't going to happen. But I suppose the template Chelsea are setting now, where they are promoting so many and so many are similar ages. If you've got teenagers in Vandenberg, Elliot, Jones, Brewster, perhaps, all playing in this game, although Brewster may well be likely to go to Qatar. If you've got four of those, at least, who all go in and sample a game like that, in their tentative teenage years, no matter if it's a couple of years until they are then first team regulars, they will always have that experience to draw on. Yeah, and I think that's it's obviously the positive from their point of view is that they'll get this opportunity this time. But I think going forward as well, Jurgen Klopp's shown he's not a massive fan of the Carabao Cup, let's be honest. Yeah. He's not going to play his first team in that. So over the next couple of seasons, even if, say, Vandenberg, who's, who's still only 17, even if he doesn't go out on loan next season, or the season after, there's still going to be bits of opportunities here and there for, for him to step up. And I, in the last round, I, I thought he did quite well at Anfield. I thought for for somebody of his age to come in to a, a stadium like that, playing in front of 54,000 people is is really not an easy thing to do. And there is a bit of pressure on these players and we do have to sort of drip feed them football at that top level to get them used to it. You can't expect every player to just come in and, and adjust to it straight away. So the more of these opportunities there are, the more opportunities there are for, for them to go and train at Melwood and, and work with these first team players, the more that they'll progress and the more that they'll develop. Sometimes at, at that age, they're not quite ready to go out on loan, but at the same time, you want them to develop and get better and better. We spoke about Harry Wilson before. I think he's a, a classic example. He went out to, to crew when he was, I think, 16. Didn't work out for him. Hardly got a game wasn't up to it physically but he came back he developed he's gone out on loan and, and obviously now playing regularly for Bournemouth so it just it shows really that, that there is a, a progression path for these players Liverpool know what they're doing they've done it so many times before and it's just a case of working hard trusting the system and, and hopefully long term the benefits pay off and so often the cliche with the academy sides is oh it's not competitive football you can bet that Villa Park for a League Cup quarter-final. You said about Vandenberg playing at Anfield in in front of, or up against Arsenal at Anfield. They'd obviously been at MK Dons in the previous round and that's a big stadium itself, albeit not perhaps the the most glamorous or the most vociferous atmosphere there at Stadium MK. But going to, to Villa Park, which, and I'm sure they'll be backed very, very well by the away support because the number won't be able to get out to Qatar. They'll be intrigued to see what the youngsters can do. And I suppose the fans will feel as though they could have an even bigger part to play there in helping the young side through. But that atmosphere, 42,000 fans they'll be in front of, it will be some eye-opener for them just to what the top-level does look like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Villa Park is going to be electric on that night. It's not every day that Aston Villa get to a quarter-final and they'll be seeing this absolutely as a massive opportunity. As much as Liverpool's group is very talented, they are inexperienced and, and there's no doubt that, that Dean Smith will be looking at that and saying to his players, look, this is a huge opportunity. We can, you know, we're, we're doing well in the Premier League, but we can go up against a lesser Liverpool team and there's a real chance here. So, 
I think Liverpool's youngsters are, are going to be up against it. I think it's going to be such a, a tough night for them. In the short term, maybe they'll be thinking, I'm not sure about this, you know, I'm not too sure whether I'm ready for this, but all, you, all they've got to do is throw themselves into it and, and long term, the payoff will be there. I have to say, thinking of it, it's, it's probably a no-lose situation for Liverpool in many ways because, as you say, the opportunity for Villa to reach the last four of the Carabao Cup whilst they obviously are prioritising the league and aren't clear of relegation by any means, I can't imagine them playing a completely weakened squad just because they're playing the 23s. They will want to get through to the last four. And if the worst were to happen and they put four or five past a young Liverpool side, as my mum always used to say to me growing up, it's character building. It is a lesson on the highest level. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be a professional footballer, you are going to get beat sometimes, aren't you? don't want it to you? be so, taken lightly, do you? No, you, you want it to be taken seriously so yeah. that it's a proper test and, and you can learn things from it. And I think whatever happens, as you say, Liverpool's players are going to come out of it either with a massive confidence boost because they've got themselves into a semi-final or probably long-term a confidence boost because they've played in a senior match and, and they'll have done what they've done. So I just think... It's a huge opportunity and I think that's the way that the players should be looking at it. Certainly, there's no big pressure to get a result. Obviously, there's a, a pressure to, to perform to make sure they get that opportunity again. We've spoken about Neil Critchley likely to be in the dugout for it. Of the players, we don't obviously know the squad. The squad travelling to Qatar hasn't been announced. But of some names that you see regularly down at the academy, Matt, and I suppose we're aware of the likes of Harvey Elliott and, and Curtis Jones and such, but which players do you think will be looking at this who perhaps are likely to feature, who perhaps we should be keeping half an eye on? I think there's a, a few different options. I mean, the usual players who've played in the in the Carabao Cup this season, the likes of Kelleher, Hoover, Nico Williams as well, I think they're pretty much all guaranteed to play, you know, fitness permitting, but... There's one or two from the, the under-18s as well who potentially, with obviously Jurgen Klopp's squad being away, potentially may find themselves on the bench. Leighton Clarkson was on the bench for, for the last round. I'd imagine that he'll at least be on the bench again for this one. And, and Jake Kane as well is a, a player that I've noticed over the last few months, last season as well, part of the FA Youth Cup winning squad. Um, I've spoken about him before. Brilliant midfielder. Got a really good eye for a pass. Maybe the physicality isn't quite there, but... I think this might be a game where we see him maybe at least on the bench and it'd be nice for him to come on and sort of be rewarded for the progress that, that he's made. Um, Yasser Larucci, I think, got a little bit of a knock over the weekend, so have to see whether, whether he'll be in the squad or not, but certainly fitness permitting, I'd expect that, that he'll be given another opportunity, whether that's at left-back or, or somewhere else on the pitch, I don't know, because he's tended to move around. He's, he's played literally all over the pitch this season. <laughs> he's played left-back, right-back left wing up front as a number nine he's he's all over the place so probably left back uh, is where I would expect him to play fitness permitting but yeah certainly an exciting time for, for a few of these players and Nico Williams was a guy who obviously played in the, the last round of the, the League Cup against Arsenal put in a, a fantastic display down the right hand side he, he, he sort of looked like the next cab off the rank in terms of a Trent Alexander prototype that's now been built at the academy to, to roll them off every few years. Was that an opportunity coming for him that the manner in which he took it was expected? Because I have to say myself, he, he wasn't someone who sort of registered. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've seen him for the, the last couple of seasons and I think he's always had talent, he's always had ability, 
but he's always had a few injury problems and that's kind of why he's fallen off the radar a little bit. I was delighted when, when he played so well and, and he got that opportunity because he is right up there with you know the most talented players coming through this group and I think he's been a little bit unlucky with a few injuries and a few different things have happened and of course, as you say, with, with Trent doing so well for the first team, it's kind of like almost that route has been blocked, but he's kept going and he's kept going and he's kept going and, and who knows what can happen over the next couple of seasons. If he keeps performing as he is, you know, he's he's certainly got a future as a Premier League player, whether that's Liverpool or somewhere else, you know, either way, it's it's going to be a massive success. And obviously, LaRucci's a guy who went away with the squad in pre-season, played a few games at left-back during the, the pre-season warm-ups and Obviously, Andy Robertson picking up his ankle injury during the last international break. He obviously was all right to play against Palace, but I suppose he's a guy who will be looking at this game and thinking, if I can perform well personally, as you say, if he were to play at left-back, that gives Jurgen Klopp the option to think, right, if there is a game coming up perhaps during this absolutely mad period, and if Liverpool's first team get through this mad period... I know there is obviously the, the new winter break that's going to come in for sort of a revolving break, as it were, going to be a couple of weeks off in January that some players will be able to catch a breath. But there's still going to be a, another load of games all the way until March, the next international break. He's a player who will probably be thinking, if the squad don't strengthen in January, I might be able to get a chance myself in the odd home Premier League game, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. I think that's exactly what he needs to be thinking if he isn't thinking that already. I mean, he's done so well and I think... He really impressed over pre-season. I think loads of Liverpool fans sort of picked him out as one of the, the big successes of pre-season. And again, unfortunately, he's been injured since then. So he's he's not quite had that rhythm and, and he's not quite settled into the into a normal left-back slot. As I said, he's moved around the pitch a little bit and you know sometimes that can be beneficial. But other times, if Andy Robertson is going to be out, then maybe it's best that he nails down that left-back place. And Adam Lewis as well is a, another name who obviously can play left-back as well and Again, he's been injured. It's, it's, it's just a, the way it is, of course, in football, but it, it's got to be a slight frustration for, for the pair of them, I think, that at a time when Liverpool don't have real cover at left-back at first-team level, there's not too many positions on the pitch where, where you can say that. And that's probably a place where a few young players are looking and thinking, if I impress, that's where I get into this team. And obviously looking further afield then, ahead of... The, the Carabao Cup game and sort of beyond that for the season the academy side just looking at the tables the under 18 seem to be going quite well in their Premier League Youth League uh, just second place behind Manchester City of course they met in the under 18's FA Youth Cup final last season and the 23's after as you say having a bit of a patchy start to the season really seem to have picked it up now and sitting in uh, in fifth in the under 23's league yeah, it, it all seems to be going swimmingly well at the minute for them. Um, good progression as well in, in the Premier League Cup. They've won two out of two in that competition so far. Looking to go into the last 16, it's kind of a, a Champions League sort of tournament, but for English teams. So if they can get through that group, get into the the, the knockout stages of that, it's it's more games, it's more experience at, at sort of knockout football, which I think is always beneficial for young players when there's a little bit more pressure than, than just a standard league game. So certainly seems to be going well and of course you, you've got to say a few of them are going to have their eye on that Carabao Cup tie it can't become a, a distraction they need to keep producing the results in the, in their own matches but certainly seems to be going well for them and, and sort of the under 18s now are, are sort of a little bit more inconsistent than they were so it's it's almost a, a role reversal but 
look, that's how it is in, in youth football sometimes. You get little bits of inconsistencies and as they get older and, and more experienced, that should sort of go away. And you mentioned Jake Kane as one of those under-18s who might feature in that Carabao Cup game. A veteran, I suppose, of last year's FA Youth Cup winning side, chipped in with a number of goals and assists. But uh, the, the Youth Cup is going to be getting back on... Oh, it is already back underway, but Liverpool's participation is about to uh, kick off. Yes, yeah, so uh, Liverpool play Tottenham on Monday night in that uh, Tottenham away, which is a very tough draw when you consider that Manchester United got Lincoln City... Um, other teams, you know, that, that, that Liverpool could have got would have been far easier, and it's a big test. It's it's obviously as holders, there's a little bit more pressure on their shoulders, and six games away from retaining the trophy. Of course, when you're Liverpool, that that is the aim to uh, to go all the way. And but yes, yeah, starting on Monday night, a real tough fixture, especially when you you sort of put it put into context who they played last season. They they played Portsmouth, Accrington, Stanley, Wigan, Bury, and Watford to get to the final. So. Probably Tottenham is a, a bigger test than, than any of those teams. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to, to see how they get on away from home as well. But I think uh, there's a good chance that, that they can get through that and they'll certainly certainly be taking it very seriously. Well, Matt, thanks for uh, for joining us. Interesting to go through all of that and obviously that big glamour game for everyone down at the Academy, I suppose, looking at that Carabao Cup quarterfinal. be interesting to see which youngsters do indeed feature and which ones perhaps star and show that they can knock on the door of the first team. That's it here, though, on the Academy show on Blood Red for now. Matt, as I say, thanks for your time and, uh, and great to talk things through with you. Thank you very much. We'll be back, of course, after the first team match later tonight with a post-game podcast reacting to the game against Brighton and Hove Albion at Anfield. All the reaction you need coming up on the post-game podcast. But thanks for your company. And until next time, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.